Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! Hey guys, this is Ernie. We're going to get to the next segment in a few, but let me tell you about Dark Fade Creations, okay? Dark Fade Creations would like to invite you to a new and unique experience in candles and wax melts. They hand pour and create every single product using quality, clean, and safe ingredients. Their candles are fueled with romantic wooden wicks and made with a coconut soy blend of waxes for a safer, cleaner, and longer burn. The designs are unique and beautiful, but more importantly, they smell absolutely amazing. And the variety of fragrances have something for everyone. Hand poured in Grass Valley, California. Check them out at darkfakecreations.com. Link of the site in the show notes below. You're listening to Mama Murdered a Podcast. I'm your host, A.B. Mama Murdered a Podcast is a podcast where me, the mama, will be killing it on the podcast. We taking a deep dive into things that are hard to talk about and even harder to believe that these things actually happen in the world that we live in. This entire podcast will be a trigger warning. I'll be talking about triggering topics while I dive headfirst into a lot of the cases that I'll be covering. New episodes will be released every week on Wednesdays because... Well, because nobody likes Mondays and because Fridays are for day drinking and barbecues. Some of the case topics will be murder, of course, serial killers like Dennis Rader, the BTK killer, missing persons cases like five-year-old Summer Wells who vanished from her own yard in broad daylight in the middle of June in Tennessee in 2021, and especially the ones where it kind of seems like they just vanished into thin air, like Brian Schaefer. He walked into a bar, but he never walked out. He's still never been seen again. I'll also be covering cold cases and lesser-known cases. Join me every Wednesday to talk about all things tragic, murder, and things that happen in the downright ugliest sides of society. If you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, you can rate me on Spotify. You can also leave a review and rating on Apple Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at murdered underscore mama. All of these things are free and they only take about a second to do and it really does help grow the podcast. If you have any case suggestions, please send them my way. You can send them to the email address podcast at gmail.com. That was Haunted by Blaine Mono. Check them out on Spotify or whatever your preferred choice for streaming music. Link in the show notes. We are on the road to 2,000 downloads, my friends. Well, we're actually at 1,850 downloads. But I'm pointing at that 2,000th number like it's the WrestleMania sign. It took us six months to get to 1,000 downloads. We then took a month off to regroup. And I honestly thought we would get to 2000 by January. But it looks like we're getting our WrestleMania moment a little early by December. So let's go! This is episode 16. (sighs) Well, actually, let's not call it that. It'll be named episode 16, but it's the last time I'm naming these episodes like they were seasons. Let's just call it for what it actually is. This is episode 65. Yes. Episode 65, we have made it to uh, 65 friggin' episodes. (laughs) That means the next episode will actually be named Episode 66. But for now, today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, this is Episode 16. And with that said, why am I like this? (laughs) I have to point out the statistics. 
if you've been listening to the podcast since the horrible first episode, and trust me, guys, it is horrible. I've fallen asleep. I've cringed. I've cringed so much uh, since listening to that first episode. Uh, well, since you've been listening since the first episode, it means that you listened to a total of 87 hours of me rambling about wrestling nonsense or behind-the-scenes stuff like this. Get ready to add another hour to the mix. I swear I wasn't like this before I started this podcast back in January, but here we are, right? <laughs> All I remember doing is looking up the analytics, and it drove me freaking crazy. And now here we are. Y'all are stuck with me now. Too bad. <laughs> uh, well, I know how I know y'all are stuck with me? I didn't even introduce myself for the show like I usually do. Y'all just went along with my rambling. And if you decided to pause it and go back, it's like, wait a minute, we do. Did I miss something? No, you didn't miss anything. It's just me doing this whole thing. That was a cold open. That's what I like to call a cold open. That's what the business calls a cold open. All right, we're real now. Welcome back, Wrestling Geeks, to another awesome episode coming to you directly from Under the Apron. I'm Ernie, and my weekend was actually quite good. Aside from the usual viewing of horror movies with wrestlers in them for the month of October, it's been rough, man. <laughs> I was also watching regular horror movies and listening to podcasts because I gotta support my colleagues. If you're not doing so yet, please go listen to my podcast besties. <laughs> uh, they're all podcast besties, actually. Uh, go listen to Mama Murder the Podcast. I'll post a trailer a bit later, but the link in the show notes. Mama's awesome. She does the crime cases and narrates them in the story form. <laughs> a few episodes back, she did the Abby Hernandez story. Yes, the same one that was on Lifetime a few months back called Girl in the Shed with um, Corey Matthews in it. I mean, Ben Savage. Of course, Ben Savage. It's not the same. It really is not the same. Because I was just like screaming at freaking Corey Matthews. Like, how dare you? Just the pink I know about this. Shovels. <laughs> uh, you gotta, y'all gotta listen to that because I forgot that that movie existed. Um, another awesome show y'all gotta listen to is The Moss Pod. My, Manny and Sean, a couple of 18-year-olds, giving their thoughts and opinions on the world at large. I love their show. They're freaking hilarious. They're funny. They're awesome. They talk about everything from politics to pop culture and everything in between. Uh, another one, Opinionated Luscious. Three awesome queens who get together once a week to stream and play a drinking game. They're awesome. Available on Spotify and YouTube. Most definitely check them out on both. Holidays After Dark Podcast. A podcast that likes to celebrate and tell you origin stories about the holidays that you probably didn't even know. Spooky. Spooky season, actually. Like, they, their last episode is a Halloween episode. Check it out. And last but certainly not least, check out the BYOP. Bring your own popcorn podcast podcast about movies and feelings it's still spooky season and she's still taking talking talking she's still talking about horror movies and she has some awesome guests on the show y'all should check those awesome guests out i'll link all these podcasts in the show notes uh, another awesome thing that happened to me this weekend guess what y'all we have merch can we play some merch music or something come on We've got some merch. We've got some merch. We've got some merch. We've got some merch. We've got some What? We've got some Courtney Dope. We've got some What? We've got some Courtney Dope. Go buy our merch. Go buy our merch. Go buy our merch. Go buy our merch. Go buy our Stop it, Courtney. Go buy our Stop, stop, stop. Go buy our Stop it, Courtney. Go buy our Stop, stop. What? We've got some merch. Go buy our merch. We've got some merch. Go buy our merch. That's 
Right. I've been saying this for the last, past 10 months. That I was going to make t-shirts and stickers. And we finally did it. We fun. We got there, guys. We did it. I created the account on TeePublic a month ago, but I guess they deleted the account because, according to them, I violated the terms and conditions. I tried emailing them, but they never got back to me. I made another account, and it's been up for the past few days without any problems. So I bought a couple of t-shirts and stickers, like I said I would. Hey, just in case something happens again. Like, I have my own stuff. And I just, and I want to wear it. I want to wear my own stuff, you know. <laughs> uh, sent the link to a few friends, and they got t-shirts. Can't wait to open mine up and do a episode with me in the shirt. Or go to the store and have, hope everyone is staring at me. Even though I have anxiety about that. Jeez. Can't wait to open mine up and do episodes with me in the shirt. Or go to the store and hope everyone is staring at me. Even though I have anxiety about that. Uh, that one guy that I met up a couple months ago. <laughs> a few months back about what I was listening to. And I told him two podcasts in particular. And I told him. My podcast also. Hey, I hope I run into that guy again. Because I have a shirt. I'm going to have this shirt. And I'll be wearing it. And I'll be like, check this out, man. And if I have a sticker in my pocket, I'll give it to him. Be like, put this in your bumper. <laughs> uh, it, it could happen, right? And finally, before we get to the actual episode. As you all know, I've been watching horror movies with wrestlers in them. I was watching The Manor a few nights ago. It has Kevin Nash, and of all people, I wasn't even expecting it until I saw him. Mike Bennett, also known as Maria Canella's husband. I tweeted the usual date 20-something that I watched and included his name. I was surprised that he liked and retweeted it back. I responded back to him saying thank you for the retweet and thought it was funny that in, this, in his movie, his brother was played by Sully Erna. Who y'all know as the lead singer of Godsmack. Yeah, rock on. And just a few weeks ago, probably by day 12 or something, I watched a movie with him in it called Army of the Damned. And it had a special appearance by Maria. I told Mike Bennett that and he didn't even know. Now, if I can connect this like seven degrees of bacon, I can link myself to them. But hey, I told a wrestler something he didn't even know. It's like, how do you guys not know like that you guys, both of you were in a movie with Sully Erna? With a rock star. Rock star. Rock god? A rock star. How do you not know you were in a movie with a rock star? <laughs> I guess it happens, right? Alright. Um, let's see what's going on in the world of wrestling today. What's going on in the world today? People fighting, feuding, losing. It's okay. Let it go. Let it flow. Sasha Banks is back in the news since walking out of WWE with Naomi back in May. They have yet to announce anything, but surely Michael Cole has recently said her name on SmackDown. So, what's up? What is going on? Scrolling through Twitter and saw this tweet from at Isava. I will put her name, Twitter handle in the show notes. Quote, July 2019, Sasha Banks traveled to Japan to train at the Sendai Girls Dojo. Five weeks later, she returned to WWE. October 22nd, 2022, Sasha Banks attends a training session of a small Spanish indie promotion. Five weeks later is WWE War Games in Boston. End quote. The small Spanish indie promotion in question is Fira de Barcelona Conference Center who, along with Samurai del Sol, better known as Calisto from the Lucha House Party in WWE. The Lucha Libre Barcelona Twitter account posted a group picture of their luchadores posing with Sasha Banks in the middle with the caption, Thanks for coming to train with us, Mercedes Barnado. Sasha Banks is set to appear on a game show that is co-hosted by Nikki Bella called Barmageddon. That will premiere on December 5th on the USA Network. Here is a description of the show. Hosted by WWE Hall of Famer Nikki Bella, the series will see Blake Shelton, yeah, 
opened the doors of his Nashville bar, based bar, Old Red, to welcome a rowdy crowd for live music, sing-alongs, and well-loved bar games. With a twist. Oh, what a twist indeed. With Carlin Daly behind the bar and Shelton on stage, Bella will keep the competition fierce and set the stakes as celebrity friends go head-to-head in games, such as Eric Cannon Cornhole, Keg Curling, Drunken Axe Hole, Sharks. What? Oh, Shelton Darts. <laughs> hey, all right, sure it is, pal. And many more. Oh, the shirts. Okay. Uh, I'm glad that they, that was funny. WWE Crown Jewel, as you all know, is next Saturday on November 5th. But someone's already in a bit of hot water, according to New Japan Pro Wrestling. The website posted a statement last night, and it reads... Thank you for supporting New Japan Pro Wrestling. Early morning Japan time on October 20th. Never open weight champion Carl Anderson posted a video on social media indicating that he would not be making his advertised commitment on November 5th in Osaka. NJPW had announced Anderson's match with Hikuleo for the never open weight championship on October 4th. Despite comments from Dad Gallo's to the contrary, in Anderson's video, the booking was made through the appropriate channels and with Anderson's expressed approval. However, after the match's announcement, both Gallows and Anderson would appear on the October 10th edition of WWE's Monday Night Raw broadcast. This led to WWE announcing a match featuring both men for their Saudi Arabia event on November 5th in direct conflict with Anderson's prior commitment. NJPW has, for the past several days, attempted to negotiate with Anderson, but has not been met with a response. Should Anderson decide to renege on his scheduled championship match, he will be required to vacate the Never Openweight Championship and return the title belt to NJPW immediately. New Japan Pro Wrestling holds its champion to the highest standards of professionalism and sincerely apologizes to fans for any disappointment or inconvenience caused by this matter. Hot water indeed. Um, remembering what happened between NJPW and the shit that was going on with Kota Ibushi this past year. Um, I wouldn't cross that line, Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's next week. They could probably put, do some storyline where he gets injured and he gets to go to New Japan. But, um, then again, it's Saudi Arabia and Japan. So, how far, how far? fast can a plane get there <laughs> oh uh, we're gonna have to keep a uh, close eye on that hey if something happens to Carl Anderson you know who it's from but like because of this they might he might drop the belt that night against who he is he wrestling again uh Ikaleo Ikaleo yeah he might drop the belt to Ikaleo so so they, he, they, you know, he doesn't have any other prior commits for that one anymore. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see. So somebody posted a rumor list of the 2023 premium live event schedule for the WWE, and they are as follow: the Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania, King of the Ring, which I'm surprised because I always figured it was a June pay-per-view, Money in the Bank. SummerSlam, a UK premium live event, Evolution, which is an all-women's show, and Survivor Series War Games, which means the War Games is here to stay and not just a one-time deal. We all know the first three, the Royal Rumble on January, Elimination Chamber, which will be held in Montreal, Canada on Saturday, February 18th, 2023, and the WrestleMania around like March or April. And 
usually a two-day event. We'll just have to wait and see what the new uh, head honcho <laughs> Triple H has to do with that. The next one, King of the Ring. They could put another show in between. Probably in the next takeover or in your house or whatever they want to call it. But King of the Ring, I saw a graphic somewhere about a Queen's Crown pay-per-view as well. So Evolution could not be the only all-women pay-per-view. It could be Queen's Crown or just Queen's Crown during the whole month-long. Um, and then the finals could be at King of the Ring. In a Queen of the Ring style format. I love that they're hyping this up. But take it back to the 90s. Have the tournament be for that night. So here's what I mean by that. Everyone that qualifies. We get to see them throughout the week on Raw. As a qualifying match. Right. So they get. Instead of having another. Um, quarterfinals. All that stuff. Next week on Raw. We get to see those matches at King of the Ring. But here's here's what I... Here, let's just do a twist on this. In order to be on the card, you have to defend that qualifying position. The losers of these matches will get to qualify again in a Battle Royal style match. Or Triple Threat, whichever they want to use. All four, five, whatever, six of them. Doesn't matter. One person advances to that and goes straight to the quarterfinals. Now, the night of the event, they bring it back to when Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Mabel, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and Triple H won their King of the Rings. Have a one-night tournament. Yes. Have a one-night tournament because, you know, I want to see that again. I want to see a wrestler. I mean, if you can do, like, one wrestler out of last 60 minutes or less than that in a battle royal against 30 other guys you can have one of these guys outlast three other guys in a tournament have a one night tournament they have a stack roster they can do 16 guys all representing their brand Raw, Smackdown and including NXT winner of the King of the Ring of course gets a number one contendership all the way through the next premium live event which looks like money in the bank and obviously money in the bank you go for that briefcase and you cash it in any time between this pay-per-view 2023 money in the bank 2023 to whenever you want up to money in the bank 2024 they haven't done that but they're thinking about it doing that with austin theory then you have SummerSlam, which I guess now it's in July. It's always been in August, but it's been changed. Again, a few NXT-style premium events here and there. And then we move on to the NXT UK show, which will probably be changed and called NXT Europe. Or again, another Clash of the Castle. Next, we have the return of the women's only pay-per-view. Yes, the first one was held on October 28, 2018 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, with an attendance of 10,900 fans. Over the years, Mickey James as well as Mary Canellis and Sasha Banks have tried to campaign to have another all-female event like Evolution, and each time they've been told women's wrestling doesn't make any money, and that Evolution pay-per-view was the lowest-rated a show in the company history. So if it is true, then this show right here could bring back the entire women's division from all three bands. At the same time, if they're bringing this back, might as well bring back the May Young Classics and showcase more women like they have in the past. And then finally, they have Survivor Series War Games for November, which means the double ring and cage on the main roster. The reason they're retiring now is because Vince McMahon has stepped down and he has never wanted the double cage on his main pay-per-views because it takes away from a few seats, which means he's losing money. Triple H, on the other hand, is doing what the fans want, and that is war games. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm down for that. So, have y'all been keeping up on the Bray Wyatt situation? Since his return, he's been a bit different. A few weeks ago, he finally spoke, and it was from the heart. He was telling us that he saved, that we saved him, and I mean we as the fans. He'd been through a rough year, and he was being thankful for that. Of course, the crowd loved it. He, we've been wanting him back ever since we heard that he got let go. And then he gets interrupted by a masked person, but the show ended like that. Like nothing, you know, just, it was weird. Last week, he did a promo addressing the fans again and apologized for the interruption. At the end of SmackDown, another masked figure emerged by the name of Uncle Howdy. Yeah. Needless to say, there were more QR codes in the background. And if you have time, like Irish Deep, who's also a wrestling content creator, he's from the Phenomenal Four podcast, and he's been doing videos, doing that detective work and cracking every mysterious code. He's doing it for us. He's doing it for the fans. I'm going to have his TikTok account and the link to the Phenomenal Four podcast in the show notes so y'all can check them out. He has a detective work meanwhile. <laughs> there are others that feel that Bray Wyatt wasn't talking to the fans. He was talking to the voices inside his head. The six voices inside his head. All of them that you've seen at Extreme Worlds Mercy the Buzzard, Huskis, The Fiend, Sister Abigail, and The Bunny. And now we have a Uncle Howdy. <laughs> Six different personalities, much like the three different characters of Mick Foley. Mankind, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack. If it's something to that extent, I know I'm going to enjoy watching it unfold. <laughs> Movies and feelings. Pop Pop. Bring Your Own Popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, Jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. Bring your own popcorn. Welcome back, Wrestling Geeks. Halloween Havoc was Saturday, October 22, 2022. Head to Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, hosted by Shotzi Blackheart and Quincy Elliott, who controversially, people online had a problem with watching the NXT Super Diva come out and shake it. Haters. I've seen just about every reaction a few weeks ago, and I figured I needed to see what the fuss is all about. I saw it as a cross between Big Viscera's wrestling gear with a tiny sprinkle of Goldust in there. It was a Halloween themed show, so I honestly don't know what Quincy was at first. He was wearing an old white man wig and a black top, and Shotzi looked like she was wearing the Joker with her green hair. They both introduced the show, and we are underway with the first match. Um, I'm going to need a banana to introduce us to the first match. Bananas, go ahead and introduce us to the first match, please. Well, boys, we got ourselves a good old-fashioned headbanger. Alright, so the first match. Wes Lee defeated Carmelo Hayes, Oro Mensa, Von Wagner, and Nathan Frazier in a ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. This match lasted 19 minutes and 17 seconds. And boy, was this match was awesome. The match of the night, I believe. I'm getting a two-hit of myself. I'm going to 
we're going to circle back for this to this, but this match was a banger. Um, order of appearances are Nathan Frazier coming out first with a Smallville-esque inspired flash jacket with the initials on his chest. So you saw the N and F, just the way the flash would have it, and in a circle. Uh, next up was Oro Mensa. Nothing flashy about him except for when he's in the match. Wesley came out to a lot of pop and quite possibly the favorite of the night. Uh, who would have known? The powerhouse Von Wagner and Robert Stone came out after. And finally, the former NXT North American champion, Mr. Don't Miss, Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams by his side. Immediately, it's fast-paced action. The North American Championship high up in the air. Start a match. Mensa and Frazier are working together, but when they have alone time in the ring, they immediately change their focus and on each other. It's pretty quick, but the first ladder comes into play within the first five minutes by Frazier. Booker T brings up a nice fact about ladder matches. Oh, goodness. And he is reminded of... Actually, he reminds everyone that was listening, that was paying attention. He reminds me of when Joey Mercury busted his nose when a ladder hit him. And who was it? The Hardy Boys turned into a seesaw? And, oh, I still remember. All that blood gushing. Oh, it was horrible. And it was a lot. It was on a pay-per-view, no less. Um... Yeah, and Booker's tea says after that, when after his comment, he said, that's his cup of tea. That's great. We really don't care what your cup of tea is anymore, buddy. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Von Wagner's a powerhouse. And he has improved since I last watched him. Like, he's stale. He was stale to me at first. Like, his whole... His his first match against Kyle O'Reilly, I don't think it should count, but his, the first time I ever seen him against Kyle O'Reilly, damn. <laughs> and now he's just, he's using that pin being tall and that powerhouse, and it's working for his advantage. Um, Here, he almost hits a fan with the 16-foot ladder when he was trying to take it out of from under the apron. Take a sip. Take a drink, y'all, when I say that. <laughs> or when you hear that. Uh, it's a lot of yelling and screaming from that fan. And it's a good thing she moved out of the way or, you know, lawsuit. Oh, it would have been horrible, too. Uh, there was a beautiful shot of Nathan Frazier hitting the Spanish fly on Carmelo Hayes onto the ladder. I know that moved better as the flex capacitor from the top rope via Frankie Kazarian and Impact Wrestling. Or TNA, whichever. Holy shit, chance erupt for them, and they're right. Those were some holy shit moves, man. Uh, Mensa went up to the top of the ladder, but whooped that trick. <laughs> came Trick Williams came in and pushed the ladder off, sending him crashing to the outside. And with an ugly bump, uh, that look. Like he hit his face on the apron. Yeah, it's a lot of concerning people there. Um, outside, Wagner, Von Wagner. Uh, who else was out there? Uh, Wesley and probably Nathan Frazier. But they all, they they all like grab, you know, caught him. But not before he hit his fucking face on the apron. It was it was a rough. Robert Stone checked in on Wagner, and then looked at the ring, and we finally get an answer as to why don't these managers climb the ladder themselves? Because somebody asked, and you know, as soon as somebody asked that, here comes Robert Stone and Trick Williams, and they're just staring at each other, and then they're staring at the um, ladder. And then they're staring at the belt that's high above the air. Hey, they're in the match as well. You might as well go get it for your your tag partner or whoever you're representing. Yeah. So Robert Stone and Trick 
end up getting up to the top of the ladder. They fight for the title. They're really fighting for that title. And nobody's stopping them, not even the ref. So it's valid. It's legit. If one of them were to grab it, I think whoever they're representing would be the champion. Um, or does it go like that? I'm trying to figure out. If, uh, what's it called? <laughs> uh, James Ellsworth doing it for um, Carmella. When he went to grab that woman's title and just grabbed it and threw it at Carmella and she caught it and she was declared a winner. So, but that was just for the woman's, right? James wasn't able to be declare himself to winner. But if Trick or Robert would have grabbed it, would they have been declared winners right then and there? Or would they have just like dropped it and gave it to their guy they're representing? Would that have counted more? So there's there's that. <laughs> uh, Stone hits Trick with his shoe, which knocks Trick down. And then bumps the ladder, which knocks Stone out of the ring. Uh, there was a lot of bunch of crazy bumps here. Another crazy bump happened when Wagner set up the 16-foot ladder between the apron and the guardrail. Again, that lady is yelling at Wagner because he almost killed her. <laughs> uh, but Wagner gets set up on the ladder and gets splashed by Frazier, which breaks the ladder in half. Which to me is all bullshit because how do ladders break in half? Um... Later on, Wagner decides to do a reminiscent of Bam Bam Bigelow throwing Spike Dudley 10 feet across from him. And here he does it to Wesley and throws him on the commentator from inside the ring. Uh, there's more. That table didn't even break. It, it, was still, it was still usable. And I don't think, it, I don't think the prop people were fully aware that this was going to have a table break. So they said, nope, we're not breaking this one. Um, even after all that punishment, Wesley was able to recover, get in the ring, and climb that ladder to win the North American Championship. Give it up to Wesley. He deserved it. Especially after the shitty year he's had with his partner, Zachary Wentz, or as we know him here, Nash Carter, being let go because of his shit his ex-wife posted. Uh, I covered it. Go listen to it. It's it's somewhere back there. That was episode 21. Um, Wesley lately has been trying to find himself. And he has gone from legit tag team specialist to a solo wrestler. The whole thing with Wentz and Kimberly on his, this podcast. We went through it. And the whole quest of a photo. She posted as well as Basel of Youth Education during WrestleMania week. Um, yeah, that happened here also. We're just like, get past it. It's why we don't talk about Nash Carter. After that, there was a special pandemic cinematic match that had a lot of horror movie references. Earlier in the kickoff show, Alba Fire challenged Toxic Attraction to meet her at an abandoned building, and like a horror movie trope, they went without weapons against Alba's baseball bat. The fuck were they thinking? Gigi Dolan saying, We're here! When Toxic Attraction arrived in the car and just gave me goosebumps, man. <laughs> like, oh, damn, you're really gonna say that? Okay, cool. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Poltergeist, watch that movie. They're here. Yeah. Still, they get out of the car. No weapons. Just a bunch of flashlights. Come on, dude. <sighs> Someone invites me to an abandoned building. I'm fucking opening up my trunk, grabbing the first thing I see. Getting another bat because my opponent has a bat. The one, the girl that wants to beat her ass has a bat, and you're gonna take a flashlight. Here, take this. Um, you'll need it. <laughs> uh, Mandy Rose suggests they split up. 
But J.C. Jane reminds her that it's a horror movie and you never split up. Well, she reminds her that it's they never split up in horror movies. But, you know, this is a horrible, horrible uh, segment. But they, you know, don't split up. But, you know, she ends up splitting up anyways. The plan for them to split up and whoever finds her scream for her help. Because they get beat up with the baseball bat. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, it was kind of like a little fun addition. But you know. Uh, it, it was. I miss cinematic stuff. And this is the reason why. It was so bad but it was good. Uh, Chucky the doll. Even makes an appearance. Like what dude. There looked to be a weeping angel. From Doctor Who. I took it as that. <laughs> I said, look, it's the weeping angel. And no, it's just an angel just, you know, standing right there. But I swear I saw the weeping angel's arm move. Alba Fire takes out all the members of Toxic Attraction one by one. JC Jane. Somebody grabbed Gigi and pulled her into the refrigerator he was hiding in. And Mandy kicks a zombie in the balls and tells him to put some respect on her name. <laughs> Queen shit right there. For real. Queen shit. Like, finally she says what we've been trying to say. Put some respect on her name. The bat finally comes into play and is used. Alba knocks Mandy out. Charles turns the car and drives to the performance center to have a match against her. Why couldn't she just Never mind, forget it. It's not going to make any sense. It's just wrestling. It'll make sense if you're a wrestling fan, I guess. But it's not going to make sense for if you're not a wrestling fan. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the next match, Apollo Crews defeated Grayson Waller in a casket match. 12 minutes and 58 seconds. Um, if you didn't catch the kickoff show, then you would have been lost just like I was. They announced it as a casket match, and I thought I missed something. Turns out the spin the wheel made the deal happen during the kickoff itself, and people on Twitter were highly confused because there was no replay of it, just them announcing it. Not a bad match, although it felt good to watch after the whole cinematic match that we just witnessed. Uh, Grayson Waller decided to troll the crowd. He did an elbow drop on Apollo Crews from the top rope. And then just laid there for like a few seconds. And then he sat up. <laughs> he did the Undertaker sit up. And everybody booed him. And then Apollo Crews did the same thing. And everybody cheered. But still, just like, y'all are freaking cheesy. <laughs> Why? Why would you? No. Get out of here with that. They both sat up. They stared at each other for a few seconds. And then... Went right back to work. Um, nothing over the top happened in this match. Which felt like an ordinary match. Just with a casket involved. Um, Waller throws Cruz on top of the casket. From the apron. And the casket door breaks. Therefore, he thinks he has this match won. He's in the casket. and is in the confines of the rules. But... Technically, he has to close the casket, and that's how you win the match. And this is the most stupidest finish ever if they did that, if they were trying for that. But, you know, on a technicality, he couldn't win because the casket wasn't closed. And it was um, phase one Undertaker wooden casket. And, you know... Here's Grayson Waller raising his hand in the air, and the referee's telling him, no, no. The lights go out, and Undertaker vibes. <laughs> uh, we're all expecting the gong, but, you know, it's dead. The lights come back on, and Crew is standing on the end of the stage with Druids right behind him with a new casket. Phase two, Undertaker casket with the maroon padding inside 
Yano phase two. I think it was when he was wrestling Kamala or Yokozuna. Kamala? Not Kamala. Yeah, it was Kamala. Either Kamala or Yokozuna, where he has a maroon padding in the side of the casket. And it was one of those big ones. So yeah, it was it was Yokozuna because he made a casket big enough to hold Yokozuna. Um, at this point, might as well bring out all of Undertaker's gimmicks. Or who's running NXT? Wait a minute, Shawn Michaels? Are you trying to tell us something? <laughs> uh, both Waller and Cruz tried to put the other in the casket and close the door. None of them budge. This match went long enough, and finally Cruz throws Waller in the casket, closes it, and wins the match. Finally. Later on, while doing my rounds on Twitter, Grayson Waller had access to his Twitter account inside that casket. Yeah. And he tweeted, Let me out. Let me out. Please let me out. To which a Bray Wyatt fan account tweeted, No. Let me in. Oh, the smallest things, I guess. Next match is Roxanne Perez defeated Cora Jade in a Weapons Wild match. 12 minutes and 25 seconds. Another match between best friends. Cora Jade came out with what looks like a belt and wasn't ready to take out her best friend. Uh, Roxanne Perez came out and pulled out a skateboard from a trash can. Reminding Cora that this was her old gimmick. <laughs> a nice little spot with the skateboard being used in this match. Where uh, she pushes the skateboard while Cora J's on top of it. Face first. Face down, I mean. And then throws her out of the ring. Cora lands face plants in the mat. All that stuff. Uh, these wrestlers need to be careful with the fans. They're almost getting hit by set up weapons. <laughs> um, yeah, they were getting almost getting hit. And the fans need to be careful where they're sitting. Like, if you know there's going to be a table involved, why are you sitting so close? Why? Or a ladder with Von Wagner. Why are you why why are you directing traffic? Get out the way. I know you wanna like enjoy the show, but get out the way. Everything was used in this match, from skateboards to broom to tables, even a bull rope. <laughs> the bull rope came into play when Roxanne decided I'm gonna beat your butt with this bull rope. Cora takes Roxy to the balcony of the Performance Center. They have a couple of punches and kicks up there before doing a dramatic fight to be pushed off. Roxy hesitates and doesn't deliver, but Cora grabs a hold of her and takes her down with her through a table, which has the crowd chanting, Holy shit. The ending of this match, Cora throws a few tables in the ring to set them up. Because someone is going on top of them. <laughs> she picks up Roxy and yells that she has never she was never her friend. <laughs> to which Roxy reverses into a backdrop onto the chairs and replies with You were always my best friend and hits a sunset flip power bomb on top of the chairs for the win. Uh Roxanne Perez wins against Coral Jade, hopefully their feud is over because I don't know it just feels so bland I guess they're best friends and all outside of this and you know I, I love when they wrestle but not against each other come on um, next match not even a match next segment Shotzi comes out dressed as a sexy version of Beetlejuice and recaps everything that just happened but looks around for her co-host. Um, he's nowhere around. Super Diva music hits. And Quincy Elliott is dressed as a banana. <laughs> oh, that vine. 
I miss Vine. They do the pun joke and are interrupted by Lash Legend, who is yelling at the top of her lungs that it should have been her hosting the show. Shasi doesn't care and headbutts Lash, which Quincy yells out, World Star! On the mic. Yeah, a... Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, that happened. The next match... Uh, better hit that audio for the next match there, Bananas. Another headbanger. <laughs> Julius Creed defeated Damon Kemp in an ambulance match at 14 minutes and 9 seconds. Um, damn, dude. A banger after... Yeah, I can't wait for this guy to show up on the main roster. He is gonna... Oh, he's like... Uh, put him against Chad Gable. Put him against Chad Gable. Put them against Alpha. Put those two against Alpha Academy. Julius and um, his brother Brutus. That is some wild ass shit. Can't wait for that. Um, Julius is really good at selling whatever punishment he receives. And it shows in this match. Damon kept hitting him with just about everything. Even a pumpkin was used as a weapon and thrown at Julius. Or... Even the crowd wanted more pumpkin shots. Something. Tis the season, right? Whatever was done to Julius, he would not give up because his brother's career was on the line. Of course, if Julius loses, Brutus Creed leaves NXT forever. (laughs) I mean, is that such a bad thing? Nah, I mean, it can't be such a bad thing. It shouldn't be such a bad thing, but come on. You leave NXT and you go to the main roster. That's like a... Nah, never mind. (laughs) Uh, So, Damon was overpowering Julius for the entirety of the match. But Julius hit a few moves here and there and would not quit. Uh, At one point, Damon grabbed a wheelchair and tried to use it, but it backfired. Julius put Damon on the wheelchair, trapped him with the crutch... And pushed him into the steel steps. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and at this point, I had flashbacks of Kane. <laughs> and y'all, y'all know what was got what I'm about to say, right? Y'all know what I'm gonna say. I had flashbacks of Kane throwing Zack Ryder off the stage in that wheelchair, and the way he landed. Oh my god. Ah, uh, but here. And this, it is like, there's no stage here. Just like, throw him against something, I guess. Um, the way Damon was, <laughs> put his le- took his feet off the floor, just so he can ride that wheelchair. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, okay. A lot of back and forth from both of them. I actually thought Damon was going to win when he threw Jules in the ambulance and closed it. But instead, it opened right back up because Jules' fingers were blocking from being closed. Oh, that was horrible. I felt bad. I felt bad. I felt my fingers clench, man. That was just... Damon did it two or three more times. Each time, Jules' fingers continued to hold on to the door. His hands, they must be sore, they must... Like, that happened on Saturday. I wonder how... Was that happened on Saturday? Yeah, it happened on Saturday. I wonder how his hands feels now, if he had any... Wow. Jules and Damon continue to fight and use any kind of weapons. Julius powerbombs Damon on a rolling stretcher, which breaks it. Uh, He lifts him up and walks him over to the ambulance to close the door and win the match. And it's over. Brutus Creed and Ivy Nile of the Diamond Mine come out to celebrate with him. Um, As soon as that's over, camera goes back and catches the ambulance leaving. And a white car arriving at the Performance Center. Inside is Alba Fire coming out and trying to open the passenger door. 
you know, who's in the passenger, who's in the passenger door, who's in the passenger side, what the hell, I cannot talk, who's on the passenger side, it's Mandy Rose, but no, she opens the door, and the other door has been opened as well, Mandy Rose has escaped, she is gone, this whole time, Alba Fire has been driving, and Mandy is still in the back seat and hasn't escaped out of the car. How does that work? How does that work still? Because you saw clips uh, after another match that happened where uh, Mandy is fighting with Alba Fire while she's driving. And then Alba Fire just, Alba just slaps Mandy and just, okay, whatever, come on. I guess you don't want to be in a car accident, but, you know, at least, <laughs> at least, uh, okay, let's just, it, it all makes sense if you're a wrestling fan, okay, I hope it does, um, which means that Alva and Mandy are on their way to the ring, and it's a match for the NXT Women's Championship, and, you know, it just happened. Alba takes Mandy to the ring. Why bring her to the ring when she's been beating her up since the haunted building? <laughs> Why could it? <sighs> Do we need a ref? Why not just beat her up, take her belt, and leave? That's what they're doing with... Uh, never mind. <laughs> Mandy recovers from some of these hits and proves why you should put some respect on her name. The only match of the night that didn't have a gimmick attached to it. Unless you want to count the cinematic match before this. But when they got in the ring, it turned into a regular women's championship match. Like the only match with rules in them. While every other match on the card is just using all kinds of weapons. Gigi Dolan and JZ Jane appeared out of nowhere to stop the count from... The ref. Where did they come from? <laughs> I thought they were trapped in the abandoned haunted building. Um, my guess is that they forgot they filmed this a week ago. I'm just speculating. I don't even know if they filmed it a week ago or on the spot. It's cinematic. <laughs> and... You know, my guess is that they forgot they filmed this a week ago and they didn't remember their spot. So here comes Gigi and JC and I guess it didn't matter if you were abducted by a crazy guy and put a stuff and put inside stuffed inside a refrigerator and I don't even know what happened to JC. I really don't. I was just like I forgot all about it. Uh, Twitter tried to put logic behind that, but it was only wrestling logic. That they could come up with. Really wrestling logic. Who, who does that? Uh, so Gigi and JC interfere. Kick Alba Fire in the face. And help Mandy Rose continue to beat an NXT Women's Champion. Which is now up to a year. 365 days. Hey, we're counting all everybody's you know, championship reigns here. Since we're doing the whole... Roman Reigns, right? So, let's count this one, too. Put some respect on Mandy Rose's name. And acknowledge her title reign. Um, the main event, finally. Braun Breaker defeated Ilya Dragunov and J.D. McDonough for the NXT Championship. 23 minutes and 47 seconds. And yes, the main event of the night had a 33.3% chance of Braun Breaker winning this match. It was a triple threat under triple threat rules. That was another banger. One of the best main events on NXT in a while. Especially with Braun involved. Maybe it's his opponents. But, you know, um, I didn't create... I didn't like Gacy, but JD and Ilya did bring the fire, and they tore the roof off. Um, JD's a creep, and was like thing like that in this match. He was clapping for Breaker and Dragunov 
to fight each other. Like, yeah, come on, keep going. Go ahead, you know, like biding his time and hopefully he'll get to them when they're down. But, you know, Dragunov and Breaker saw through it and they're like, nope, we're going to beat you up now. <laughs> uh, towards the end of the match, Dragunov hits a flying headbutt type of move. And it looks like he's going to win. But JD stops the referee from counting to three. Which infuriates Dragunov and says, no, we're going to get, we're going to finish this one day. Um, Braun Breaker hits a spear on Dragunov and wins. While JD is too late to get in the ring to stop the count. Still the NXT champion, Braun Breaker. Last week, they had Austin Theory come out to show off the Money in the Bank briefcase and remind Breaker that he, too, wasn't safe. So, I guess it's what we were expecting to happen. It's what Twitter was expecting to happen, but we saw the watermark in the corner and the show was over. How dare you make us watch this pay-per-view and get our hopes up and thinking that Austin Theory was going to cash in. How dare you? Oh. See what they did now? Great. (laughs) Uh, So there you have it. Halloween Havoc. And I must say, it was a better show out of every Halloween Havoc I've watched all month long. Oh, jeez. Best part of the night was the Headbanger match. The ladder match for the North American Championship. What a great way to open the show. I can't say I did not enjoy a match on here. Um, the cinematic match was a throwback to the pandemic. <laughs> As you all know, we had so much fun watching these cinematic matches during the pandemic because, you know, no crowd at all. So it was just them doing some crazy um, movie type of matches. And, you know, and that happened. <laughs> uh, they're probably telling us that they can still do this if they want. They just, you know, they won't do it. Uh, that Grayson Waller and Apollo Crews match would have worked better another way, perhaps? Like, I don't know. I, I just think kind of off that it was a casket match and none of them had any connections to the undead or a casket being a part of their gimmicks. And the whole thing with them bleeding out of their eyes a few weeks back, but nothing here. Like, okay, why? What? What? What was that about, anyways? It's like, I miss a few shows. I come back. Paula Cruz is bleeding from his eyes. And then you see Jason Waller bleeding from their uh, his eyes. And then you see a casket match, which was random. Okay. So there was that. It was a fun premium live event, I must say. And on that note, time to go home. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting us. You can find us on all other sort of social platforms at our link tree. It will be in the show notes as linktree.com forward slash from under the apron. It has a link to the Nerdvana Network, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes accounts. We're now on Amazon Music, plus our Good Pods account, where you can listen to us for free, as well as leave us a comment or a five-star review. Check us out on the Twitter account. We are very social there and interact with a lot of other podcasters. Check out the show notes for links to other podcast trailers that you heard. Send us a message of your favorite wrestling stories, questions, comments, ratings, or concerns by email. It is from Under the Apron at gmail.com and I will do my best to get to them and answer accordingly or click on the link if you want to leave us a voice message doesn't matter if you're trolling or want to promote your business we will still air it the next link if you want to support our podcast go ahead and click that second link so far we have a few supporters and I'm making it a habit for those few supporters to know any updates I make with the podcast or new episodes they're kind of like our VIP wrestling junkies they get the over the guardrail treatment, if you will. They immediately know when our shows are posted or when we plan on recording. Don't forget to visit our merch 
and buy yourself some stickers, a t-shirt, or a hoodie. We have coffee mugs, tumblers, magnets, and possibly more. <laughs> Tonight's broadcast of Rob Mons of the Ape featured music by Blaine the Mono. Check them out on Spotify or wherever your preferred choice for music. Link in the show notes. This is Ernie. So long and good night. Never left you. Know how my figure.